Some say that Peter Drucker believed that culture eats strategy for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Sun Tzu wrote the first book on strategy where he essentially said we need to identify which mountain we want to take, what makes our army stronger than the other army, and how we're going to go farther, faster to take that mountain. Which one is more important? Why are we pitting culture and strategy against each other? Today on The Behaviorist, we investigate strategy. Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Sarah Colantonio. Our intention for The Behaviorist podcast is to share accessible, concrete practices that you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift toward joy and meaningful achievement. So today, we're turning our focus, like I said, onto strategy, and we're really grateful to have Matt Swear from the Work Wisdom team joining us. Hi, Matt. Hello. So um, I, the first question, question I want to ask is, is kind of personal. Um, why did you become interested in diving deeply into the intersection of culture and strategy? Uh, okay. My story begins with Huey Lewis and the news um, <laughs> and, the, and the song, <laughs> the, the, power, the Power of Love. Okay. Uh, I was a, I was a, I was right out of college and I was working at a at a large healthcare company, and I was on stage uh, at a big town hall that was a the rollout of a of a new strategy by the executive in charge, and you know it was a there were it was a live webinar, there were, there were people all over the world watching this and and I, I'd say at least five hundred people in the room, and there I was on stage with some colleagues and we were singing. Uh, Huey Lewis in the news, the power of love, except we were seeing the power of one these rebranded <laughs> lyrics. And so anyway, that the, the short of the story is it was it was just as awkward as you can imagine. <laughs> it, it, it was very much a forced cultural exercise and yeah. culture in 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 sort of a sort of a, a, using culture as a tool for strategy. So the executive got one thing right, which is that strategy in, in my mind is the fuel by which, uh, excuse me, so culture is the fuel by which sort of strategy can can run and, and thrive. Uh, but the it turned out that the strategy was was sort of, uh, was half-baked, and this culture was so forced that it, it really fell flat. And so within a year, uh, that executive was gone. Hmm. And, and so even as a very young employee, I realized I had sort of had this feeling that, wow, like, Getting the cultural balance right, making people feel like they're part of something and they have ownership, but also getting the sort of the nuts and bolts of sort of where you're going and why. These are really important concepts. So that's really interesting. It's uh, the fact that something embarrassing and uncomfortable comes this major realization. But what I want to do before I talk about before we talk about culture is is ask really what is strategy besides, as Drucker says, a meal for culture. How do you define it? Yeah, um, I think of strategy just simply as a roadmap, and um, and as I was sort of saying, if, you know, if I'm juxtaposing these two ideas, strategy versus culture, culture is sort of a fuel for the car, and the strategy is is this map, and that's that's sort of how everybody knows in in a in a very concrete way where this organization is going, why, how. Um, 
you're you're sort of answering a lot of those questions, and mm. then you're you're using that as a roadmap for the for the rest of the of the company. So my next question sort of pits strategy against culture, but it sounds like what you're saying is that they're they work really well together. So. Um, so I was going to say what's more important, strategy or culture, but so can you expand a little bit more on, on the importance of culture, why it's, it's such a big deal? Yeah, I, I, I hate to take the middle road, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I believe that sort of this dichotomy, I think pointing out the differences between culture and strategy, um, are helpful because it helps organizations understand maybe what they're missing and, and where where they should invest more time or more energy. But but to me, it's always both that really matter. Mm. Um, it's it's something that you know a, a work wisdom value. We we talk we've all talked a lot about the idea of of psychological safety. Yeah. And so if you're if you're trying to get a group of people to create a strategy. Well, they they probably need to feel really safe and feel like they can express themselves well um, if you're trying to get the best out of people and the best ideas. And so that goes back to culture. And so it's it's never just one thing. Yeah. So since it's so important, how can organizations and companies strategize to go farther, faster? How can they use strategy for their benefit? I, this is something that... that that Kedron and I spoke about when we first met, actually, that we were both working at similar nonprofits. And, you know, I think it's it's sort of a trope, but I, you know, it's, it's it bears saying that a lot of nonprofits have sort of the typical thing is that they have amazing culture and they have amazing heart. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they lack sort of a real strategy. So they everybody kind of, um, you know, maybe loves this mission and the idea and they have a, a really baked in culture, but they're missing strategy. And in the for profit world, um, the opposite is, is sometimes true, which is that there's a lot of time and energy spent on strategy and tactics, uh, the, the sort of the, the, the Sun Tzu kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but perhaps the culture is sort of lacking. And so what can companies do? Um, well, I I think if it if it is the, the latter which is that they've spent a lot of time on strategy, but somehow they're missing the mark. I think it, it bears going back to, to, to find out who is involved in the strategic planning. Um, is there real ownership? Do people feel safe to be, to be themselves and really speak their minds um, when, when this company's trying to plan two, three, five years in advance? Um, and then the, the final thing I would say is I'm a big believer in iteration, that, that it's, you can't really do this once a year. Um, it's sort of a it's a continual process, and so you you may have a strategy that you feel really good about and you spend a lot of time on, but it's okay that it changes, and it could change a lot quicker than maybe you thought, um, and you should leave room for that. Yeah, I was just going to ask, you know, how often should this happen? Is it really a constant thing? Because you know, you were saying with more traditional strategic planning, it's it's something where you're planning out years and years in the future. Um, so is it, you know, is it monthly? Is it, it once a year? Like how, what do you recommend? How often should people be thinking about this intersection of culture and strategy for their organization? Yeah. So, so if teams within a company, whether it's an executive team or it's, um, you know, a, a special group that, or even, even in regular, regular office meetings, if, if there's a little bit of space carved out, 
to sort of touch base. I'm not, I'm not saying that that companies should have, you know, very defined quarterly uh, meetings. They have one big meeting every year and then they have quarterly meetings. But I think it's about being intentional, about carving out time and space to, to, to just revisit it, to revisit whatever the strategy is and say, hey, is, is, let's, let's take a pause. Is this still where we are? Is this still where we're going? Does everybody feel good about this? Do, do, we, have, yeah. do we have alignment? So uh, how, oh, how often is that? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it will, do you have a recommendation for, I guess it depends on the organization or the company. So, so, you know, I, I, if it, if it's done, um, I don't have a strong recommendation for what that is. I think every, every company is a little different and it sort of depends on the speed of the business and, and what sort of operation they're running. But at the very least, at the very least, I think it is good to do to do this sort of exercise uh, six times a year. Okay, so that yeah, that's a that's a concrete <laughs> recommendation. Yeah. So my other question has to do with who, you know, who within the organization, who within the company should be doing this? Is it is it organization wide, or uh, what do you think? Who who should be part of this process of strategizing? So I, I think one one easy place to point because we've we've just done it as a group of work wisdom colleagues is that um, it 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 maybe ranges the gamut. It's not necessarily um, just the senior people or you know the token junior person that you bring in uh, to this to these meetings that that's the right mix. I mean, it, I think often you find that um, you have to let people self select and let let people yeah. that that really want. Um, you know, if they, if they have some, I'm not saying this very well, but the idea of self-selection appeals to me in that yeah. if you offer a place for people to come forward, um, if, if your culture allows that. So again, going back to, to have you created a safe place so that people can come forward. But if you have that, then, then, then maybe ask the question who would like to be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so of course people that are in charge that have sort of, you know, uh, their signatories of a company, their executives, that's, that's a really important group. And the leaders of a company are, are important, but leadership is not always uh, a title. Yeah. And I think that's something that, that we've certainly found within work wisdom, that there's a lot of affiliates, um, of our group mm-hmm. and, and it's not necessarily the most senior person that brings together some really great ideas. Yeah. So, what is one thing I'm kind of springing this question on you, Matt, what's one thing a person, an individual can do to behave more strategically within their organization? Hmm. So sometimes, you know, we all get bogged down in, in our, in our functional area. And, and just as I was saying about sort of when should you do strategic planning and I, okay, so you, you pin me on six times a year. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's a, a, a relatively good number that, um, and for, for an individual, well, um, there's times that you can also pause and reflect that on, on your own, on your own career, in your own life, your own position within an organization. And, and that, that's a really important time as well. So how can someone be more strategic as an individual? Well, I think it's, it's carving out space to, to think um, to sort of step out of your day-to-day yeah. role, and and this is something that advice from a uh, from a friend that I thought was really helpful, which was if you circle a date on a calendar, let's call it six months from from today, and there's some things that you really um, 
that, that were that were that were maybe sort of open questions for you or things that were maybe troubling you or, you know, and you wanted to give yourself a little time and space. You circle a date on the calendar and you write those things down and you say, OK, I'm going to I'm going to revisit those things in six months. Hmm. And you're and, and then the six months comes up and those questions, some of them may be answered, some of them may be irrelevant by that point. Um, but you're giving yourself a little bit of space and time to to think about them and 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 also um, also allowing yourself to a, a little bit of a pass. Give yourself some time yeah. to to see how things work out. I feel I feel like you know with work wisdom when we have that list of things that we're working towards. It's so strange how just having it written down is really helpful. Helps me focus on you know the things that I want to contribute to work wisdom. So it, it does, it seems like a simple thing, but I, but I think it, it's pretty impactful. And it also, when, when you see them and you revis- revisit them, mm-hmm. it's, it's a moment to sort of celebrate the, the wins and the successes yeah. and, to, and to say, wow, like this really actually worked out. And some yeah. things that seemed really, really hard six months ago or a year ago, um, actually they worked out pretty well. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I think that time is really important and that, that's a strategic way of sort of handling um, both for a, an individual or a company how to, um, you know, how to tackle some, some big issues. So the last question I want to ask you is, is about culture. How, how can a company start to weave culture into strategy? Earlier today, you sent me a really funny uh, YouTube <laughs> clip, uh, clip, and uh, I'm assuming you don't recommend <laughs> that sort of yeah. thing. Um, it, maybe you want to tell our listeners what what that clip was about. But how how can a company really start to weave culture into their strategy, in your opinion? Yeah, so uh, I'm sure many people, many of our <laughs> listeners, have seen this clip. It is it is a great moment in in corporate life. Uh, it is the it is a video of the Windows ninety five launch, and right. on stage is is the Microsoft executive team, including Steve Ballmer. Uh, and Bill Gates, and they are dancing, and it is very clear that um, that no one on that stage was prepared for the <laughs> dance. <laughs> uh, and so I, I, it, it did actually it, that clip, and just thinking about talking to you today, it reminded me of my my time <laughs> on stage with Huey Lewis yeah. uh, in the news and um, and and that launch. And so I, I think the point is, is that. Um, it, this has to be sincere strategy and culture. They both have to be sincere and earnest and, and you cannot force these things. And so if, um, if a company has a, has what they think is a really great strategy for moving ahead, uh, but they're missing the mark on culture, um, they, they, you can't fix the culture through a, through the strategy of your business and where, and the goals that you've set for your, for your performance. But you can take time, um, through many of the exercises that, that, that work wisdom sort of expounds that we, that, that you can actually focus on culture and building and building teams that, that feel, feel good about one another. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so uh, sort of stepping out of the strategy and fixing and, and working on culture, then you can go back to those, that strategic plan and, and, and figure out, where people really feel ownership and, right. and maybe they will contribute something even even bigger that you didn't imagine before. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So Matt, I'm so grateful for you um, being part of this movement of helping world changers in the workplace 
to enhance individual and collective team performance. I really love talking to you today. Thank you for uh, calling in from Brooklyn, <laughs> New York. Uh, I, that's, a, that's a big deal too, to take time out of your day to do that. Um, thank you listeners for downloading The Behaviorist. We hope you'll subscribe to the podcast and um, please reach out to us through our website, workwisdomllc.com. You can enjoy Work Wisdom Press and Productions. You can ask questions and give suggestions of topics you'd like us to explore in the future episodes. So we have this custom uh, of uh, reading One Minute Wisdom by Anthony DeMillo. So I'm going to close with that. The master once told the story of a priceless antique bowl that fetched a fortune at the public auction. It had been used by a tramp who ended his days in poverty, quite unaware of the value of the bowl which with, with which he begged for pennies. When a disciple asked the master what the bowl stood for, the master said, yourself. Asked to elaborate, he said, all your attention is focused on the penny knowledge you collect from books and teachers. You would do better to pay attention to the bowl in which you hold it. Thank you.